Praise God. Amen. Welcome to another evening with Light of the Southwest. We have an old and dear, well, a longtime friend. Friend. I shouldn't say old. Absolute. But a very dear friend. We've known him since back in the 90s. I know it. You know, the good thing is we've been to his house in Israel. Uh, He's been to our house several times. In fact, we have uh, adorned our spare bedroom uh, after him. I'm not going to tell you yet. Yes, okay. (laughs) Well, we're we're doing a, a, a fundraiser called Onward and Upward. And you know, you it takes money to go onward and upward. I think we have kind of been a little stale, and we're trying to uh, rejuvenate Christians in this area and people who are not Christians that they can uh, meet the Lord. And it's it's a real trying time we're living in. And if you're not aware of it, uh, you need to you need to what's that word they use? Woke. You need to become woke. That woke. God's coming and. Yes. Uh, He's coming back, and whatever you believe, you need to get yourself right. But in our fundraiser, Onward and Upward, we'd like to ask you to join us in giving uh, to support uh, GLC. The first level is Raindrop. It's $1 to $30 a month. Water Bear is $30 to $75 a month. Operations uh, Partner is $75 to $150 a month. And Growth Partner is 150 and sky's the limit. And I would like to encourage you to start somewhere. If you have mm-hmm. to start with a dollar a month, I guarantee you that will grow and it will bless you so much that you'll be moving up to scale. And I, I, I just hey. ask you to join us. Yes, let's we do need it your together. Yeah. We, we need to do this together and yeah. go together. Exactly. We're, we're not asking the partners to do anything that we won't do. That's right, right? Jimmy. That's right. What have you got? Well, I've got uh, our pledge. Got two of them here, one for you and one for me. And so I'm going to put it in the water better. Amen. Uh, You know, we want to show you that we're behind this. We're, we're, uh, whatever we got, we're help. We're going to help this station get to where it needs to be. It's kind of gotten slack and it's kind of slow moving. And we do have some, uh, bills and, you know, the gospel's free, yes. but it costs something to get it over to you, all right? Please join us. Yes. We ask you to please join us. You know, uh, I was just reading in Exodus 25, 2, uh, the Lord tells Moses, you tell Aaron to tell the people to take an offering as their heart moves them for the tabernacle. And he very specifically says, give as your heart moves you. And that's the way... I've used that ever since mm-hmm. I've read that scripture, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it always justified me because I could give as my heart moved me to give. And I'll tell you, what happens is your heart moves you to give, and then God blesses you, and then your heart moves you to give some more. And uh, I just want to encourage you. Help us, please. And we're so thrilled to be back on yes, GLC and after 20 years. And we might look a little older. We are a little older. Well, we think we're still young. Huh? We think we're still young. Right. Well, when I tell people that God is through with me, uh, like my good friend Richard Bartlett, he told me, God's not through with you. Moses was 80, and he, you know. Yes. Uh, well, I'm a little, couple years older than that, but. That's right. God knows that, and he's going to help me. Yes, he's going <clears> to <throat> equip you. He sure is. Well, <clears throat> who's this guy over here on my right? Well, uh, I don't know whether to call him Victor Mordecai 
or to call him Avi Lipkin. I can remember Avi the Lipkin. first time God that bless I you, brother. met him. <clears throat> and he, I, he was he said his name was Victor Mordecai. That's right. We was going by a pen name, wasn't we? When we started writing, and there's going to be a lot of friends that are going to be excited to see Avi Lipkin and Rachel back in Odessa visiting uh, for a short time, and it's onward and upward, right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's why you got here. You left Israel onward and upward. You had to. El Al is onward and upward. <laughs> You're just barely here, aren't you? Had a good strong cup of coffee before I came here. <laughs> well, I hope it woke you up. It sure you did. Know. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you brought Rachel. Uh, we love Rachel. We, she didn't always get to come with you. Right. But you've been staying with us for quite a while, and uh, we've always enjoyed the fellowship, the friendship, and <clears throat> I'll tell you a little short thing about. Avi, I come home way back yonder. I come home, and uh, I worked. I used to work when we did this story before, the show before. But I come home, and Jackie is ironing a white shirt. Well, I don't wear white shirts, so Jackie doesn't ever, you know, she don't have to iron one for me. Well, you know the reason <clears throat> why I was ironing that white shirt? Yeah, yeah, I said. Because he was fixing to go to Colorado to do a, a presentation or, or a speech or at a conference there, mm -hmm. and his uh, shirt was all wadded up and wrinkled and everything else, and I thought, oh my goodness, Laura, <laughs> he needs to look really nice and, and all together, and I know Rachel <clears throat> would appreciate this, but I thought, well, I'm going to iron these shirts because I want him to really look nice when he stands up there in front of all those people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what, what moved me was when I saw you ironing a white shirt, <clears throat> I told Avi, I said, you know, I thought Jesus was the only one who could do a miracle, but here you got my wife ironing a shirt. You know? <laughs> Brother, it's so good to have you back. Good it's been be a back. while since we've seen you, and, um, you know, I'm going to have to get caught up. you you got to stay long enough for me to get caught up on what's going on behind the scenes. We'll, we'll try to cover that. Yeah, amen. You know, uh, you that don't know, uh, Avi's written several books, and I know several of you are excited to see him back. Uh, you've, he's taught you a lot of, uh, about uh, subjects you didn't know. And uh, so I just ask you to, let's spend the time just bringing the new people that may just be meeting you for the first time. Amen. You're from Kedar, which is right outside of Jerusalem. Right. And uh, welcome back. You're doing lot, you do lots of things. Let's, let's talk about how did Avi, uh, let's talk about Avi. How did he get started to all this? You're a busy person. Well, uh, actually, in my earlier life, uh, I had a business, and uh, Rachel and I worked very hard in the business, and uh, I was called up to the Army, and we had uh, a, a, all the time in artillery and Israeli Army Reserves, and uh, we had terrible, terrible inflation, and that <laughs> basically terminated my business. You know, one, within a month, two months, uh, I had to close the business, and uh, you know what? Actually, I was happy. <laughs> we lost our home, we lost everything, but I was happy because th then I started going into the preaching business. Yeah. And I went to seminary for three years to be a rabbi. And I never became a rabbi, but uh, uh, you you guys got stuck with me for the last 31 years. And uh, because I went into this new business of preaching and sharing God's word, uh, I wrote seven books and FCDs and DVDs. And uh, that's <laughs> what I've been doing for 31 years. And uh, actually, in the last 20 years, I've been talking a lot about the need for a Judeo-Christian uh, political party to run for office in Israel, because about 8% of our population in Israel is Christian. 
and yet there are no Christian representatives in our Congress, in our Knesset. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we, uh, I, worked, I worked very hard to get the party moving. In other words, I was promoting books, CDs, DVDs, paying taxes, helping to get the party registered. The party was registered three years ago in Israel, praise God, and we've already contended in four elections. And the reason this trip is so short is because if Netanyahu does not succeed in forming government, I have to go back immediately to Israel and start campaigning <coughs> for the fifth elections sometime this summer. Uh, so if he does succeed, which I doubt, then I, I would probably come back to the States, come back here again mm -hmm. in uh, late May, June, July, early August, all over the U.S. I want to I insert here, people in America, don't uh, being a reservist, which I was, Yeah. Uh, that means I go somewhere and I get a weapon. That means you just grab your weapon and step out on the corner in Israel, right? Uh, almost, almost. I mean, you're already there where if you're a reservist and you're in a place where it's already uh, having problems, then you're not in a real safe place. Well, just, Israel is a very, very big country. Uh, in other words, you drive 45 minutes to the west and you're in Tel Aviv in the seashore. You drive 30 minutes to the east, you're at the Dead Sea and the Jordanian border. And then you drive four hours south, you're in Eilat, which is the southern tip of Israel. You drive three hours to the north, and you're at Mount Hermon, which is overlooking Damascus. <laughs> That's how big our country is. I always, so. I always say that, you know, it's about as wide as from here. Uh, to the other side of Midland. Yeah, yeah, big spring somewhere <laughs> down in there. <clears throat> but it's along, it's probably from here to Amarillo. Yeah. You know, it's not a big place. Yeah. And uh, it seems like we've been from top to bottom and. I haven't been a place that I haven't just been blown away and enjoyed being there. I, uh, how did how did a Christian and a Jew get to be such good friends like we are? You know, it's because we love each other. Amen. You know, uh, I don't go trying to change you, and you don't you fill me with information, but you're not trying to change me. We love love is what brings us together. Right. And I don't. Uh, I love Israel, and I love Israelis. Uh, whether they are orthodox or non-orthodox or what, but uh, God has put the love for the for the people and the country in my heart. Amen. And I'm real proud of that, you know. And um, I saw a guy the other day. Uh, he saw my. I had a star David, uh, a Mexican man, and I was talking to somebody at the table in the restaurant, and he said, "Where did you get that?" And I said, "Oh, I got it in Israel, and it's very pretty." And he said, "I had a real cheap star of David, and." This lady at church come up and jerked it off of me and said, you don't wear that. And, you know, those people, are, they blah, blah, blah. He said, man, I'm glad she didn't blame, blame Mexicans for that. <laughs> By the way, Mexicans, a lot of them are Jewish. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. That's they, what, they don't know, but they're Jewish. That's been, that's been part of my specialty. Mm -hmm. I love to, uh, to look at the Anusim and uh, those... Uh, um, Mexicans that don't even know the Jewishness in their background. It's not just Mexico. It's in a lot of countries in Latin America that there are many, many Hispanic right. people that their names actually are Jewish. They don't know they're Jewish. And yeah. a lot of people are getting very interested. They still believe in Christ, but they feel that they're Jewish also. You know, there's a bunch of them that came from Mexico. Maximilian was also part Jewish. Yeah. They come from Mexico with a, with a priest up through El Paso and Las Cruces, and on up through that area, we've been up there looking, but uh, they got in trouble because it wasn't authorized. Uh, but a priest took them, and they were all, um, you know, Jews. I yeah. mean, part Jewish. Right. Uh, I just love the subject. I, 
Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, you've done so many things since we've known you. Uh, you started out with one book. What was that book? Well, my first book, actually, uh, you can see it here. I have to aim it down so the lights don't reflect. Yeah. But uh, this is a book which uh, is my bestseller, actually. And uh, this predicted the 9-11 attacks four years before it happened. And uh, how did I know? It's my wife's fault. Uh, Rachel, uh, for 30 years, was an intelligence gatherer in the Israeli radio. And she was watching the Arabic news on TV in our neighboring countries. And they were saying, we're going we're gonna to get those babes and knock them down, you know, the, the World Trade Center. And this is five years before. And so I put it in my book. And people said, oh, you know, it's not nice what you're writing. You know, it's, it's yeah. hate speech, you know. Yeah. And then after it happened, they said, Avi's a prophet. Avi's a prophet <laughs> because he predicted the World Trade Center attacks. I said, I'm not a prophet. I just listened to Rachel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but there's a lot of stuff in this book which is still uh, appropriate today after 25 years. Right. And, and this is this is my mm-hmm. first book, but it's maybe the most important. And I have I'm still six introducing people to your first book. Yeah. You know, I see their uh, their attitude to what's going on, and I talk about you, and I tell them about your first book. I mean, it did a lot for me. It opened my eyes, and I feel like this that. I'm a believer in what is known as Judeo-Christian Western civilization and democracy. The bottom line is either we Jews and Christians hang together or we hang separately. Isn't that true? And yes. uh, we are facing, I think today, uh, I don't want to mention countries or ideologies. There are people out there who don't like America because it is a Christian, Judeo-Christian Western civilization country. Yeah. And usually the people who hate the Jews are the people who hate the Christians and vice versa. And that also includes people in the United States who nominally may be Jewish or Christian, but they hate Christians and they hate they hate their own people. Exactly. And that's so we're going to do hopefully a show proving the veracity of the Bible. And that's where my son comes in and he proves everything that's in the Bible really did happen. It's not a historiographic book. The Bible is a history book. Mm -hmm. And that involves Shiloh and Bethel and uh, Gilgal and uh, Joshua's altar. Now, actually, uh, they have found, uh, actually two, three years ago, they found Joshua's altar, and uh, the Arabs are now bulldozing it. And uh, so there's a big fight going on. Uh, and, mm. uh, you know, many people are trying to pressure the Israeli government to make sure that the Palestinians don't destroy the altar. The altar is 3,200 years old. Roy, and, and Roy it, Kendall told us that, that the Bible uh, tells you what's going to happen 30 years later. He said 30, or 30% of it is written, is written for the future. Right. You know, 30% of the Bible, he said, has to do with the future. You can read it. And see it unfold. Yes. Well, you know. the, what I'm trying to say is that the uh, uh, many people who may have been born Jewish or born uh, Christian say, well, the Bible, it's just fairy tales. It, it, you know, it's just, it's a narrative, but it's not yeah. really, you know, it's mythological and stuff. But what my son has done, actually, uh, he has produced four DVDs, and uh, it, it proves that uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, yes, really did exist. And Moses and Aaron really did exist. Mm-hmm. And uh, King David, King Saul, and the prophet Samuel really existed. All of these things uh, are proven by archaeology and science. And so it's very important. Uh, uh, I think what my son is doing now is even more important than what I've done the last 30 years regarding enemies of Israel. 
Well, it's hard. <clears throat> it's hard for me to understand because I've been in faith for nearly all my whole life, and so you don't have to prove to me. You know. No, no, I know, but listen. I, but, but I know there's a lot of people like that. You, but you, there's a lot like you're talking you, about. You've heard of, of course, rest in peace, our former prime minister Yitzhak Rabin. Mm-hmm. Yitzhak Rabin was a great uh, prime minister. He was a great uh, general in the army and everything. But he said the Bible is just myth, myths and uh, fables. And oh, this really? is, that's the socialist education <clears throat> in Israel. Mm. And my son, my son's actually, before we also became more religious, uh, my sons went to the state socialist schools and they got very angry when the teacher said that the Bible oh. is just mythology. And, uh, so, and my son has been dedicating his life now. He has a tour company. And we bring Christian tour groups to Israel, Messianic groups, regular Christian groups. And we take them to these places. And everybody who comes to Israel, their lives change when they see. I, I mean, like, when you hold the Bible in your hands, that's beautiful. When you're stepping on the land of Israel with the Bible in your hands, that's really three-dimensional. And people's lives change. And it deepens the faith. Yes. It, it's hard to... Uh, Walk there and and not believe it. I mean, why would you be there? You know, I'm. I mean, I, all my life I can remember, I wanted to go to Israel. I mean, from teenager I wanted to go to Israel. I don't even know why, except I I I, I know what I read in the scripture, and uh, but when Jackie and I went in '79, I was so thrilled <clears throat> that God spoke to her heart that we were going to go to Israel. Right. Oh man, I was I was having a, a a fit, you know, because I was, I believed what he said. I yeah. believe he was telling me well, I was going to get to go. <clears throat> um, but I'd like to, that's Aaron, isn't it? Yeah. Aaron is the son that, yeah, I see, uh, I see him on Facebook some, and uh, I knew he, he was doing things like that. Yeah, by the way, my last name is Lipkin. So Lipkin Tours is our company. Oh. And so you, if anyone wants to write to Aaron, you write to Aaron at LipkinTours.com. And he answers every email. Uh, I'm especially aiming this at pastors, uh, churches, Messianic <laughs> congregations, because everybody who comes to Israel and sees these places in the Bible returns home to, to the United States or other countries mm-hmm. as a great ambassador for God and the Bible and for Israel. And right. they, they all go together, by the way. <clears throat> well, let me, let me ask you. Do you see some changes in in the government that you have and some of the, the Knesset members? Do you see some changes? They're opening up more, you know, your second book. Yes, well, the, the problem, uh, I think, in Israel is that we have so much democracy that we just cannot form a government uh-huh. because uh-huh. we have 38 parties. <clears throat> And uh, there's a threshold of 140,000 votes. And so a lot of the parties did not get into the Knesset, yeah. into our uh, legislature. But about 13 of the parties of the 38 did get in. But they're all divided against each other, and they all represent different uh, right. ethnic groups in Israel. It's very hard to get these parties to work together. And so we are waiting probably till the end of May. Uh, uh, I don't want to date this program, but the end of May 2021 to see if uh, Netanyahu will succeed or if the anti-Netanyahu parties will succeed. And if not, we're going to probably have to go for a fifth election. So we've been having elections almost every six months now. And it's a deadlock every time. But maybe God wants that to happen so that my party can grow and grow and grow. And we're, we're growing. Good. good. Uh, so, 
Well, what was your second book? I want to talk about that. My second book is is a, is a continuation of the first book. That is uh, that is one of my favorites. And this brings the Jews and Christians together as a unit. Again, either we hang together, or we hang separately. Exactly. And um, one of my contentions is again, this is a war uh, of defense of Western mm -hmm. civilization and democracy, defense of America, defense of the democracies, defense of Israel, which is the only democracy in the Middle East. And um, it talks about uh, trends, uh, demographic trends, the growth of different groups, different religions that <coughs> don't really like uh, the United States or Israel. Mm -hmm. And so this is very, very important that people get this book. And it builds on the first book. And uh, my recommendation, actually, is if people can afford... The books, if you buy them individually, are $20 each. So if you get seven books, it's $140. But some of the Christian ministries that I work with have a deal, which is even under $100 for the seven books. So we have to talk about that and <clears throat> see how we do that. I would highly recommend at least it, those two. It's 72 uh, years of my life in these seven books. Yeah. So I, I, I know that you're you're always working and studying and... And I know you're very diligent in what you're doing. Right. And I've Thank watched you. you work on this uh, Judo Christian Party. Right. Twenty years. And, uh, you know, it, people don't. A lot of people don't know what kind of government you have. You know that it's a parliamentary type government, and uh, it's kind of like in America. Uh, <laughs> you talk about a Christian side in America in politics, but they might not like you because you're not their kind of. They don't have your label on them, you know. They're not going to vote for you. They'd, they'd vote for somebody that's a, a heathen before they'd vote for you because you're not their label, you know. Do, do you remember my famous joke about Southern Baptists? Uh-uh. What's the difference between Southern Baptists and Northern Baptists? Northern Baptists go to hell. Oh. <laughs> that's a Texas joke. Now, you're just picking on Baptists because you know I'm a Baptist. <laughs> I love Baptists. Listen, I have been everything till I just found out that fellowship with God is my most important Amen. thing. Amen, amen. You know, Amen. and uh, but uh, I know you you've been all over the world. Yeah, you've done all kinds of where have you traveled to uh, teaching? Well, of course, the United States is my first love and most important love. But uh, I've been a lot in Canada. Uh, I've been a lot in different countries uh, in Europe. Um, I've even spoken in Moscow. I've spoken in Warsaw, Poland. Really? I've spoken in Greece, in Athens. Uh, I would say in Europe, uh, the most popular country that I've been visiting is uh, Switzerland. Um, and um, I go wherever I'm invited. What do you see happening? Uh, what, do you, what do you see the results of... I mean, say back... Uh, must have been 40 years ago, 50 years ago that we met you. What do you, you see any progress happening? Do you see anything changing? Well, firstly, I want to say that as a believer in Judeo-Christian Western civilization and democracy, uh, I believe that that is God's ideology. Uh, I believe capitalism, which is a fair capitalism, which takes into consideration the needs of the poorer people, mm -hmm. not a, a piggish capitalism, yeah. if you know right. what I mean, that is God's system too. Uh, Winston Churchill, who is my role model, uh, used to say that uh, democracy is a terrible system, but all the other systems are so much worse. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what I will tell you, because my parents actually grew up in Argentina, and so I really am rather an expert in Latin <laughs> America. And a lot of these countries, when I was a young kid, you know, young, military dictatorships, 
And today, most of Latin America is democracy. You look at Eastern Europe, which is under Soviet socialism. Today, mm -hmm. Eastern Europe, they're democracies. I mean, they've got their faults, but they're becoming democracies. This is, rankles the Russians. It rankles the Chinese. Uh, but there are countries which uh, I think increasingly are heading towards democracy. And uh, I hope this uh, continues. By the way, I don't want to get too much into the American political scene between right. Democrats and Republicans. I don't either. They tell me <laughs> they think I'm a radical. But I, I will <laughs> say that in my opinion, uh, having been born in the U.S. and uh, raised in the U.S., I look at American democracy, forgive me for saying this, like kind of like a baseball game or a football game. And you have the two teams uh, playing against mm -hmm. each other. And everybody is shouting for their team, and everybody is angry with the, the, the opposing side. Yeah. And then when the game is over, you all go out and have a beer. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you can say this now, <clears throat> with the last election or two, uh, there's a lot of bitterness in the country. Yes, there and is. And I think the only answer to that is returning to the roots, which is God's Judeo-Christian Western civilization democracy. Yes, amen. And... Uh, uh, I, I think the, the worst thing that could happen is if America lost its uh, Judeo-Christian uh, character. Um, I'll never forget uh, 200 years ago from the studies when I was a senior in high school in 1966, uh, Alexis de Tocqueville wrote a book called Democracy in America. And in his book, he said, America will be the greatest country on earth because its pulpits are on fire for the Lord. Right. And, and he said, and the American people are good people. That's still true. Uh, he said, conversely though, America will lose its preeminence in the world when the American pulpits are no longer on fire for the Lord. And what has been happening with this COVID-19 is that a lot of the pulpits have just been shut down, slammed right. shut by the government. And so I'm very, very much in favor of all the churches opening up. Amen. And God will protect us. I think also uh, regarding the vaccination, I know some, a lot of people don't like the vaccination. And, uh, the, and in my political party, uh, I'm really the only one who got vaccina uh, vaccinated. And I said, listen, I think our party should not be against the vaccine per se. Anyone who wants to get a vaccine should do it. But if there are people who don't want to get it, then they should not be forced, mandated <coughs> to right. get the vaccine. Right. But uh, in Israel, uh, and I do want to praise uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, uh, we uh, to this date have over 6,300 people who died. But if he had not made the efforts that he made regarding the vaccines, we would not have had 6,000 dead. We would have 20, 30, or 40,000 dead. And you look at countries like Italy and France and Germany and England, um, and now it's Brazil and India. I mean, they're losing tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people. Um, and Israel cannot afford that. And so I do justify what the Israeli government has been doing. I also understand people who don't want the vaccine. Right. I understand it. But uh, I think, the, in my opinion, the first uh, obligation of the government in Israel is to uh, protect the people, pr prevent people from dying. Yes. And uh, I, I, we, we see, you know, we have now maybe 100, 200 a day getting infected instead of 9,000 people at the height a few months ago. Blows your mind. Uh, so, yeah, so things have improved. Uh, I think God is, has his hand on uh, Israel. Uh, I think God has his hand on America, too. I just, I just wish people would believe in God and people Amen. would. I mean, I'm a Jew, and I'm praying for a Christian America. You know, Avi, I want, I want you to share with us. Uh, I remember when you first started coming to America, you 
went to this meeting in Dallas, wasn't it? Uh, right. Dallas Council on World yeah, Affairs. Uh, that really touched my heart when I heard you tell that. And uh, Tell about your first time over here and how you got involved in coming to America. Well, well you had lived here at one time, but yeah. you had made Aliyah. And- I made Aliyah when I was 19. Uh, when I was 40, 41, I came here for the first time as a speaker. And um, a lady, a PR lady, heard me in uh, San Antonio. And she said, boy, you're a very good speaker. I spoke in a Jewish synagogue. And I came back six months later. It was April 1991 after Desert Storm. And she says, I have a gig for you. You, you want a gig? I said, sure. I said, it's the Dallas Council on World Affairs. And I said, what is that? She said, well, it's an economic forum. It's not a Christian forum. It's an economic forum. I said, okay. You know. <laughs> so I came down to Dallas. And uh, it was a funny thing because uh, this was around the time of our holiday of Purim in uh, April, you know, 1991. And um, what happened was that uh, two things happened. Firstly, they got the wrong guy. (laughs) When they heard my name was A, obvious A, capital A, Lipkin, they thought I was capital A, Lipkin, Chief of Staff of the Israeli Army, Amnon Lipkin. So, but you know, for people from Dallas, Amnon Avi, it's all the same. And also at the same time, uh, Boris Yeltsin, who was leader of the Soviet Union at, at that time, and at stopping Soviet Union, became Russia. And uh, he was a drunk. He was an alcoholic. Good man, but alcoholic. Yeah. And um, he had one drink too many. And he was in Dallas, and he had contracted to give four lectures. He gave two. He got drunk on the third lecture. And then they needed somebody for the fourth lecture. That was me. <laughs> Even when they found out you weren't the right guy, they took you. They still took me. <laughs> and actually, they liked me, and they said, we want you to come back again. But then the Israeli government said no for other reasons. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the, the point was that uh, I gave a, an Israeli army spokesman message. It was very well received. I had maps and... and uh, out of the 200 people who were there, uh, about 20 were Arabs, Arab oil princes, Arab sheiks. Oh. I, I mean, I saw them. They were very, very respectful, very, very nice. I just gave a military presentation. Uh, after I gave the presentation, we had dinner, and then I put on my coat to leave. They said, where do you think you're, we're, you're going? We're not finished with you yet. I said, okay. So I took my coat off, and then they started asking me questions and making comments. And uh, so one guy got up and said to me, you know, you were talking about, uh, I said, you know, we cannot give back all the land that we took in 1967 because there are pieces of land there we have to have for our defense. And uh, so that person said to me, no, 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 you're going to give all the land back, even if it means the destruction of Israel, because you don't mean anything to us. The only thing that means anything to us is oil and money, because this is the one world government. And... um, you know, so like I was completely shocked. And they said, the only thing that made America great is the barrel of oil. And I have to be careful saying that here in the oh, per- Permian okay. Basin. <laughs> but uh, but uh, anyway, I had invited two Christian couples that night, evangelical couples as my guests. And one of them got up really mad, really angry, he looked at the people in the room, said, you call yourselves Christians? You say what made America great was the barrel of oil, steady price of oil, steady supply of oil. What made America great was Jesus Christ. <laughs> like he was so nervous, he was shaking. And then his daughter got up and uh, she said, well, and besides, it says in the Babel, Babel, you know, the yeah. Bible, those who bless Israel will be blessed and those who curse Israel will be cursed. And then she sat down 
And uh, what, what it taught me that night was that the Christians, uh, the evangelical Christians, are not our best friends. The evangelical Christians are our only friends. <laughs> and uh, this really set the tone for the last 30 years. And eventually I came to the conclusion, you know, we have in Israel 8% of our population is Christian. And uh, there are no representatives in the Knesset who are Christian. Uh, the Muslims, you know, all, you know, all the honor to them. They got 13 members of Knesset. Uh, maybe, and actually, now it's less because of the, they had a big failure in this election. Uh, the Druze, who are a very special minority in Israel, they have five members of Knesset. Uh, but the Christians and the believers and those who are not Jewish, according to the rabbinate, don't have even one. And so I felt all along, I still feel, that it's important to give representation to Christians who pay taxes, vote, serve in the army, and are married to us. Well, see, those people you came, you did, you, there's those friends you picked when you come to America, yeah. would stand up. It's your fault. <laughs> you you guys stand love up me, I fell in love with you. They'd choose Jesus Christ over a barrel of oil, and you had all these oil people there. That's that's pretty tough. I I admire those people. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, they were, and I I admire you for catching on to what was going on. God used some unusual things to get you there. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I have watched you travel all over, and uh, I mean, I just don't know how you how you keep up the 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 pace, but I know you do, and uh, I've seen people support you. Get right. behind you, right? And probably not overly supported, but I've seen people support you, right? And because they believed in what you were doing, right? And you know, it, it amazes me. And so we, right now, I want to just take a little bit of break and tell you we need your support to tell you what's happening. I yeah. really believe, and Jackie and I talk about it a lot. Yes. That we're living, and what I don't know what you want to call it. I don't like to put labels, but the last days are are. You can see by reading the Word of God what's coming. I mean, it's just coming down the pike. And uh, we don't know how long it is, and we don't really care, but we know it's happening. And we want people to get ready for that time. So we're asking you to join us. And I'm I'm not a very good spokesman. I'm a good giver, but I'm not a good taker. You know what I mean? But we have, we're right now on a onward and upward, uh, a campaign to try to get uh, some our partners to partner with us and to help take the gospel out to where everywhere we go. I have had people call me or text me on my Facebook. Uh, I mean, for places I didn't even know we were. Now you can watch us on on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can do that, but we want to get the word out. Yes, you can join us at a dollar a month. If you just be a, a partner at a dollar a month, because we believe you're going to grow from that, a one dollar to a thirty. A water bearer is thirty dollars a month, which, of course, is our favorite. Some of you remember me as a younger guy treading up the sand hills with a bucket of water right here, uh, and we were saying we were taking spiritual water to a dry and thirsty land. That's my favorite. Start at thirty and go up, but then the operations is seventy-five to one hundred and fifty a month. Our growth partner is 150. Now, I know at one time we had a lot of people that were behind us, uh, people that were wealthy and could help. And I know there's a lot of people that really were behind this station. Yes, they were. And and I know why, because it was feeding you. Uh, 
I love church. I love church, and I, I've had a kind of a conversation this week uh, with a guy. Uh, when we got involved, we got involved in full gospel businessmen, and they met on Saturday night. And a friend will say, uh, what did you do Saturday night? And I said, well, I went to full gospel businessmen. We heard testimonies where Jesus had changed the life of people that didn't know him. Mm-hmm. And it's so exciting to hear people tell about how their life has changed. Right. Our life has changed. Right. But then I'd say, well, uh, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I went out Saturday night, but I went to church Sunday morning. Right. Well, that don't make you nothing. No. You know, you've got to have a relationship. And I, I love churches. You need fellowship, but you need to leave church and go mm-hmm. act like a Christian. You know, that's, that's what we need to that's do. That's right. I'm excited about all of us coming together and reaching out to these people <clears throat> that used to be a part of GLC mm-hmm. and us all coming back together and begin to give out and begin to reach out to those people that don't know the Lord or are having problems with healing or, or need deliverance or need prayer. We used to have prayer for everyone and people were exactly. healed and you could call in for and, prayer. And everybody was so excited and mm-hmm. we'd have roundups out here and everybody would come from all over the state and even other states to just to be a part. And I'm excited about us coming back together and getting the word of God out to all these people. And it was so much fun and we were so excited about uh what the Lord was doing. We couldn't even hardly wait to get here. We couldn't wait to see what God was going to do. And I tell you, He did miracles. He did so many things for this station, for people's lives. And it can happen again. We can ra- he can raise it back up. <clears throat> but He needs us to be a part, to, get, to hold together each other's and, hand and to go forth and to see it rise back up. I would like it. to see our phone partners. We've had people call in and and say, well, I yes. just received Jesus as my Savior. Savior. Yes, you we know. get. We'd have uh, so many all over, Avi, that would yeah. be saved. That just, Our, just. I got healed because right. your your uh, phone partner prayed for me. Amen. You know, and I want to see yes. that. And if you want to be a phone partner, I'd like to see you volunteer to do yes. it. You know, Come on because out. we need to work together. We do. And you know, I have a little special prayer I'd like you to pray for. I'd like you to pray that we could get the finances where we could all come together and have a have barbecue, a hug each other's neck. Again I, I don't care about COVID. That's you know? right. Be so <laughs> much of, fun. Yeah, a lot so of you've been pray vaccinated. About it. Pray about it. Yeah. Come be a part. You, you know what I a- suggested? We could buy some wieners and marshmallows and just come out and have a, a oh, big yeah. fire. And we, at least we get to visit and hug each other's neck. And, right. and I miss so many people. I miss them God. so much. Just the family of God. Amen. Coming together. Well, pray about being a partner. And pray being about being a partner. About the Lord. Stop, start somewhere and, and see where God takes you with it. Amen. Right. We're that army. Let's go forward. <clears throat> Avi, uh, I'm hoping that you're going to be back kind of consistently. Ask and it will be granted. Oh. Seek and ye shall find. There you go. Knock and the door will open. All right. You know, um, when Jackie and I, uh, when we got serious, we enjoyed. Well, when did you get serious? We always uh, been serious. Every time I'm with you, we're having an hysterical time. Right, so, after, yeah. right after, right after we got married, we come to the Lord and got serious about God. Uh, a lot of things happened, but uh, this. Uh, Visiting pastor asked if I'd lead worship at this church. Well, I'm not a, you know, I'm a Baptist. I don't know what worship is. I don't know what, you know, I, I don't know how to take time. And so 
I said, well, it, you know, he said, can I pray that you'll lead, you know, come there? So they invited me. I said, okay. So I didn't know what to do, but I began to worship God in my heart when I went to church. And Jackie said, you know, we couldn't wait to get to church to see what he's going to do next. It was an exciting time, wasn't it? Amen. And uh, that's what we want to see people get excited about living for God. And, uh, and this is why we're so behind GLC, why we're behind people hearing these testimonies. And um, I know you don't know this about Avi, but Avi speaks fluent Spanish. I wish I did, brother. But I know uh, I know about your early life and how you learned to speak Spanish. But, uh, you know, that opens up so many doors for you. And uh, I just, you know, a, a blue-eyed European that, that, that speaks Spanish. I'm, you, I'm a Jewish Hispanic. Jewish Hispanic. <laughs> you know, I used to get a kick. He'd go to the bank with me, and I'd get a kick out of saying, well, talk to my teller here in Spanish, you know. And, boy, he was, he'd be more fluent than most. Than most of us uh, border border people are, you know. The only problem is my Spanish is Argentine Spanish. Oh yeah, which sounds like Italian. <laughs> and so when I speak to locals here, they all they die laughing listening to me. So, <clears throat> well, t- let, tell us kind of what what you got planned. I mean, I see my Facebook friends; they're getting a little more talking about the Lord and praying for each other, and that's unusual. And I'm seeing people beginning to get close to God again. And I think, you know, it's a time. It's time. God's God's calling his people back. Uh, as I said before, I fear that there is a, a, an onslaught against what we call Judeo-Christian Western civilization and democracy. And this is not specifically only a Christian thing. This is for Jews, for Christians, uh, for all patriotic people in this country. And um, I'll say a few things which maybe I shouldn't say, but my wife is going to look at me. Why did I say this? But, you know, in, the 19, uh, in 1917, you had the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. Uh, many of these Bolsheviks uh, later went to live uh, in Germany. Also communists from all over the world had to leave their countries, even from the British Mandate of Palestine. There were Jewish communists who were kicked out by the British mandatory authorities. So they went to America, and there's something called the uh, Frankfurt School. People can look it up. Frankfurt School. It was a group of professors, uh, uh, Jewish, Christian, from Germany. And when Hitler came to power, all these people fled from Germany, (coughs) came to America, and their ideology is communism. And little by little, they infiltrated the universities and schools here in America. And what we see happening is a degrading of the American mentality, a degrading of those things that made America great, Judeo-Christian, Western civilization and democracy. And so, uh, th- and I think Khrushchev, I have a, this famous uh, uh, email of, of Khrushchev in 1960 saying, we will have your children. It'll start with socialism, and then eventually it's, America will be a communist country. And that'll destroy America. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I'm so upset about it is because my family was from Argentina. Uh, Argentina was one of the richest countries in the world until Perón became the, the dictator in 1946-47. And uh, Argentina was destroyed by this radical uh, populist socialist ideology 
Uh, and to this day, Argentina is not really capable of getting back on its feet. Um, and that's because of the ideology of socialism. Uh, Venezuela, which is really, uh, I think, the richest country in Latin America, uh, has been taken over by Russia, China, and Iran. And, uh, you know, the United States uh, almost went to World War III under Kennedy about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Mm -hmm. Well, what we see today in Venezuela is even worse. But America is afraid to do anything because uh, even Trump was afraid to do anything because the Russians, the Chinese, and the Iranians are there in full strength. And uh, you have millions, millions of Venezuelans, good people, who fled not only to America, they fled to Brazil, to Ecuador, to Colombia, to other countries. The starvation in Venezuela, only the communists and people close to the leadership have what to eat. Um, I'm very afraid that America could become like Venezuela if this rot is not stopped. And uh, the only way to stop the rot is a Christian revival in America. Can you believe it, that I'm ready to give my life for a Christian revival? Because it's for Israel's survival. That's why my book is called Christian Revival for Israel's Survival. Because America and Israel are tied together at the hip. And uh, America has to have a Christian civilization. Uh, I I don't want to say Protestant, (laughs) but, you know, Protestant, evangelical, spiritual uh, Christianity. Um, that loves Israel, loves the Bible, loves God, has a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've been in over a thousand churches of all denominations. I think I know what I'm talking about. I was uh, GLC can start that revival right here. We <clears throat> can start exactly. it right out here in the all field. and In English and in Spanish, too? In English and Spanish, we can start it right sure. here. I'm excited about what God's doing. And we have that chance to go forth. Well, if we don't have have elections, if we don't have another election in the summer, uh, God willing, I'll be back uh, for a few months and work intensively with you to to get things going again. We need to get going. We need to rise up. The church has been asleep too long. I was telling Rachel a while ago a a little story about uh, a lot of people out here know Rabbi Richmond. He's a very special uh, man, popular rabbi. He was with the Temple Institute, a very... Orthodox, ultra-Orthodox, I would you say, uh, man. And one time I, when he was here earlier, way back, I went to him and I said, uh, Rabbi, I'm kind of confused. I said, I'm a Christian and I'm not going to change. I'm not part of this group of people. I'm not this people. And I'm not this. You know, everybody was claiming something. And I said, what am I? And he, he's a little short guy. He'd raised up on his toes and poked me in the chest and said, Jimmy, you don't need a label to come to God. Right. This is an ultra-Orthodox rabbi. He realized the importance of godly people coming together, locking arms, and our enemies, our enemy is outside of us. We need to lock our arms, fight together, uh, take take our God as, as a reality, you know. Don't just take him because it's popular. Uh, and, and I've seen things changing in the last mm-hmm. at least 20 years. Uh, we've been, you know, in Israel with another ministry several times. And I, I love the fact that that Jews are beginning to trust us and love us. <clears throat> We're beginning to trust and love Jews. And I've seen a big turnaround. Uh, we used to have people uh, that went to church with that loved God would start an argument because... 
we were getting so into Jewish uh, history, the, the old Bible, you know. Some people don't even use the old Bible. But we began to study the whole thing. You know what? I am closer to Jesus now than I have ever been in my life because I studied the Jewish roots. I even tried teaching them to church people. Uh, some of them rejected it. They, they, they were looking on the outside instead of the inside. <clears throat> but I believe there's a big change, Avi, and it's I people agree. like you that have, have helped us yes. get to that point. Yes. Uh, if I may say something, I know time is running out for this uh, segment, but <clears throat> um, as you know, there was a horrible World War II and a horrible Holocaust, which destroyed a third of our people, six million Jewish people. And many times people in Israel uh, lament correctly, saying we had no friends. In, you know, we had very few <clears throat> friends. Uh, <clears throat> We had very few friends in uh, World War II, very few Christian friends. And uh, today, uh, I would say out of 2 billion uh, people who believe in Christ, which of course includes 1.2 billion Catholics, uh, 300 million Orthodox uh, Christians, uh, f half a million uh, 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 Protestants, I would say out of the 2 billion, there's 100 million who love Israel. In other words, 95% of the Christians are still not pro-Israel. And you are the few who are evangelical Protestant Christians who really love Israel um, uh, unlimited. Uh, and, and I think to myself, you know what? Wow, you know, today we have 100 million people who love us, mm -hmm. which we did not have in World War II. And then I go back to Israel and they say, why do you love the Christians? I say, well, because they love us and we need them to love us and we need to love them. And right. then people get into a shock in Israel. And we have a problem both in the Jewish world and the Christian world where there's still too much hatred and enmity. That has to be erased. Yes, and, amen. And actually, as Jesus, Rabbi Jesus told all of us, love the Lord thy God, love thy fellow as thyself. These are the two most important commandments in the whole Bible. Exactly. Uh, this is God's word. And so, therefore, uh, for many, many different reasons, I swore an oath to God that I would do this work that I'm doing in order to bring stronger the bond between Jews and Christians loving each other. You know, one time at the uh, <clears throat> Holocaust Memorial in Jerusalem, <clears throat> they had the children's edition, which just wiped me out. I mean, I couldn't stop crying. So I forget how many... How many children were killed in the Holocaust? One and a half million children. One and a half million. And I was going through that, and <clears throat> my mind was working. And I heard this, that those people that did this and those people that didn't stop it are equally to blame. Correct. Yes. And immediately I, I knew... Nobody in America tried to stop it, and it made me feel guilty. Right. That that I didn't know anybody was trying to put an end to that, and it was happening. You know, I had a, a real good friend, and he was a member of a, a church that uh, doesn't necessarily believe in, in the Jewish part. And uh, we were having coffee, and somebody was saying, well, the Holocaust didn't happen. He said, you don't tell me the Holocaust didn't happen. I freed those people, and it would make you weep to free those death camps back right, then in, right. the war, in the army. And, you know, I think it's a horrible thing, but it's helped bond us, and we need to look at it and then know that, you know, that this is God working in our lives, and it's time we come together, <clears throat> lay down our, you know, 
I think he's talking about beating your weapons into plowshares. I believe he means the Jews and the Christians need to they need they need to come together. They need to arm in arm. You know, get strong. I wanted to add also that uh, those people who hate the Jews, and there are plenty of people who hate the Jews, right? Uh, eventually they end up hating the Christians as well. Exactly. And I think this is where we are today in America, mm-hmm. that people who are good people, intelligent people, and yet they hate Jews and they hate Christians, and they hate God and they hate the Bible, and I see it among Jewish people as well. They hate God, mm-hmm. they hate the Bible, and they're socialists and they don't believe any of this stuff is true. That's why my son's work is so important because he shows that what God says in the Bible really did happen. Yeah. And that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, yes, they really did exist. And Moses and Aaron really did exist. And King Saul, King David, and Prophet Samuel really existed. Mm-hmm. And um, th- those people who don't believe in the Jewish part of the Bible, how can they believe in a Jesus who was a Jew right. and goes back to all of those right. periods? Amen. <clears throat> exactly. It's like having a tree without roots. That's true. You know, we've seen so many of our friends that were against us for what we were believing and teaching have enjoyed, have entered us, entered yes. with us now. Yeah. A lot of ministers, even some of the churches, are, now they're having Passover. Right. They're teaching the You know, that's what changed my heart, too, is when I went to a Passover. Uh, it may have been done in a Jewish way, but I could see the Jesus part of it. Mm-hmm. And it, it broke my heart. I, I, I'd share the Passover with people. And I would uh, always get to that point where it just I couldn't I couldn't contain myself when I thought about when I put Jesus in the Passover. But you know, it's just it's working itself out and it's taken too long. <clears throat> um, but that's why God keeps us alive and fighting. Amen. That's he why, keeps us young. That's that, right. That's why For I'm sure. as old as I am. <laughs> you know, I just think about GLC how they've taken through the years of being here and they have raised up and taken so many people over to Israel. And I can remember when we went, how it was so touching to us to walk over there and to see where Abraham and, and David and all of the, the scriptures that we'd been reading for all of mm-hmm. our life come to life and be there at the Sea of Galilee and there in Jerusalem. <clears throat> and Jimmy and I would weep. And we saw so many people's lives change after going and getting to be a uh, chance to go to Israel. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's uh, such a blessing. And I know many of you out there watching now have either been or haven't been, and it has changed your life. And I, I do truly recommend that it's God's calling to you to go to Israel, to take that, even if you have to borrow the money, we, you can put it on a credit card, and then you can pay it out. But it's worth <clears throat> every cent, every dollar to get to go and be there and uh, to see uh, and visit Israel. I've seen so many lives change, and I just want to encourage those that have been to want to come aboard and get on board here of GLC for all that they've done for Israel. They've done so much <coughs> over there for Israel. What's the name of the, uh, the, uh, Christ, the, Christ, uh, uh, you know, what GLC did? We go to the camp and oh, the, yeah. the, the <coughs> what, do you, what do they call it? Uh, the Brock Brigade. The Brock Brigade. Yeah, they, they did, did several. They did a real work for that uh, Brock Brigade over there in Israel and so many other things. And so I want us to all pray, get ready, 
Let's go. <clears throat> you know, um, the guests that we've been interviewing all have a testimony of how GLC has blessed their ministry or their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I we didn't ask for it, but we I didn't blow it away. But but this ministry mm-hmm. has blessed a lot of ministries that it mushrooms. It causes it to grow. Mm-hmm. Look at Avi; he's going all over the world, mm-hmm. and but what he's teaching is bringing us all together. Um, you know, we're going to have a little some teaching later, and uh, so uh, we're just going to turn it over to you to to do some. Just pulpit, just stay out of the way and let you let you do some of the teaching that you do around uh, the world. <clears throat> but Jackie and I, you know, we're so, I just want to let you know, we're so blessed. Yes. We want so much mm-hmm. to be a part. I pray, we pray that God will use us in a way that will bring glory and honor to Him. That's all we want. Amen. We just want to <clears throat> point to Him, not us. I love, I love people that give all the glory to God, you know. God blesses people. He moves them up, up the ladder, down the ladder, or whatever. And, you know, he will walk with you and teach you and guide you if you'll just let him. Yes. Won't he? And he walks with me and he talks with me. I know. He does, every day. <laughs> i tell you what, I wouldn't get on the airplane if I didn't have, you know, I'm just that way. I don't like to, I don't like to put myself in a precarious position. I want God there with me. You know, <laughs> I, I pray for my family every night. <clears throat> I pray for their protection and uh, even my dog. <laughs> I think God loves my dog. Yes, Honey, we're going to break here and uh, okay. Avi, we'll, we'll be glad to see you back here in a little bit. And uh, I'm going to have Jackie just tell everybody good night until, until we're on here again, you know, and mm-hmm. I hope it's soon. Uh, we're ready. This whenever. Whenever God's ready to move us along, don't forget to be a partner. Yes. Join hands and go with us. Listen, amen. Amen. Why don't you well, tell Jimmy them and I love you very much, and Jesus loves you even more, and He's coming back soon, so you get ready. Amen. Just stay ready. <laughs> <laughs>